Welcome to another edition of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Hello, my name is Bill Lawrence. Each show presents a lovingly cultivated row of brand new onions, written and boiled exclusively for Corn Radio, and then interspersed with undeservedly unfamiliar music. Each one of the stories you are about to hear is exactly 100 words long. Not a word more, not a word less. And every single one of them was written by friends of Cone Radio. So sit back and surrender to this splendiferous music and originative homegrown storytelling. Because this is Bill's Big Bag of Onions.
I had envisaged him broken, pale, anguished. It seemed a good strategy to reduce my anxiety. Witnessing him in the flesh, a serenity took hold. Things became finite. His skin blistered, mottled. His face drooped, dribbling. The slight twitch of the nostrils. His chipped yellow toenails poking out from the bed. The inevitability of it all. Your flesh and blood soon to be extinguished. The futility. The hope of a better afterlife. Suddenly a cough. His eyelids flutter open. He turns his head to face me. He mouths something. I put my ear close to his lips. There's no breath. Nothing. Travelling back in time had rendered me naked. The clothes I'd been wearing were in a bag. Never mind. I'd only be appearing as a vision in their dreams. I looked in on my sleeping twelve-year-old self before standing beside my parents' bed. Be firmer with me, I said. Don't coddle me. Don't shower me with cheapened, undeserved praise. Don't shelter me from external comeuppances. Don't be numb to my bad habits. Don't let me fall between the cracks when you two get divorced. With that, I put my prison fatigues back on, pressed the button, and returned to the present day. Human skulls hang from the low ceiling. Women and children, the most valued, the most difficult to catch and to kill. Two days by motor canoe upriver, through dense rainforest, finally to the longhouse and the beautiful Iban people, who greet the white-skinned strangers. Do not kill the white-skinned people, they have no soul. 
At night, there is no light save that from incense burners at intervals along the timber walls. Games played with beads and string. Outside, the tropical deluge. Such perfect moments are rare in a life and must always be remembered and always treasured. At 7.45pm, the bell would ring. I'd leave my wife to line up outside the nursery window with other new fathers waiting to see our newborn children. Name? A tiny bundle, face scarcely visible, presented at the window. That was it. For ten days our wives were in hospital after giving birth. No holding, cuddling cooing, that came later. As that baby grew from a child to a woman, there were tears, laughter, but always hugs. Covid. And now I'm on the other side of the window, wheeled, presented to my grown-up baby, full circle to no hugs. circle in the forest glade, their white bodies reached by the faint October sunshine through the bare branches. They glistened in the dew, and their flesh promised much, giving a little, but firm, with a promise of secret places yet untouched. No movement was noticed under their carpet of autumn leaves, no stretching, no writhing about, and yet you had the feeling that at any moment the orgy would begin. They looked so tasty, 
so ready for it, ripe to be nibbled. And then they arrived, the mushroom pickers with their little knives and their baskets. tree-fringe plateau stand long lines of hundreds of identically sized plots. The municipal cemetery. Here is the great leveller, leveled by dozer, leveled by death, leveled by anonymity. Colourful plants struggle to assert difference and detail into the synchronous plots, and it is only personal memory and the occasional visit that wrestle back the living from the dead. Now here you lie, one whose bright eyes lit up when my daughter ran to you, one whose thoughts and feelings burnt passionately on paper once your esophagus had been removed, one who loved the cool breeze and the lapping waves. Elizabeth took her usual place in front of the fire and watched as the first flames started to lick around the base. It was a chilly autumn evening and not even a greater than normal helping of her favourite tipple could block out the chill as yet. But the fire would soon do its job. She munched contentedly on a small piece of cake as she watched the flames grow higher. As always, little by little, she drifted off into a warm, contented doze. Sleep beckoned. Or at least it would, once the screams of the heretics had died down. Here it ends. No one's gonna shed a tear. No need to shout. Just to stand a silence They will spend time In the early morning's haze You sit and wait Watching for glasses through blank eyes This is not what you wanted Not what you had in mind This is not what you wanted Not what you For me, 
after midnight is called the wee small hours for a good reason. My bladder never sleeps, though other monsters awaken me too. The smoke alarm beeps, like its owner in need of new batteries. Outside the security light flashes while foxes frolic. The plumbing, trapped air in pipes, gurgles, splutters, whines. I should change my diet. A byproduct of sleeping, snoring, rouses me. How ironic! How cruel! Doors bang as the bathroom entices others, and I'm up again. We cross ships that piss in the night. The good news? I'm well on my way to 10,000 steps before dawn. baby brother Bernard, not a baby anymore at 56, sat in the hospital bed in a catatonic state, staring into the middle distance beyond his feet. His family had tried everything. The psychiatrist told them to keep searching for significant family memories that might trigger him to come back to them. Later, a childhood incident resurfaced, and so Anne sat with him. She dropped a small potato into a metal jug with a wet plop. Bernard's eyes focused on the jug suddenly and then looked at Anne intensely. After a pause, he said, There's a potato in the water. was a perfect ending. Long after his own death rattle had passed, the uproar of his children's fury would resonate beyond his bungalow in Colchester. Revenge was such a sweet sound. He smiled at his laptop, portal to his magnificent and malignant trickery. He tapped enter, and his vengeance was released. Armed with financial details gleaned from so many bailouts, his army of bots began their unending mission, making purchases, generating subscriptions, and offloading random donations across the world. It would be spam heaven, a toxic mess that would be unforgivable, irritating, and boring, just like his children. and his friends scoffed at the hailstones under blackening Texas sky. Hailball was fun, until they eyed the spiralling cloud advancing and a burst of wind crashing a car into a nearby building. Racing into a neighbouring house, they sought the bathtub, where they had been instructed during drills that they would find safety. Dismayed, they discovered that the residents already occupied the tub, Artie pulled his friends down, under each arm, while he wrapped his strong legs around the toilet base, whilst the wind peeled the roof back and slightly lifted them toward the centre of the funnel.
summer our gang was the best gang in the world. Meeting early in eager anticipation of the day's adventures, we would set off on our bikes, hollering and chanting. We skimmed stones across streams, made dens in the woods, and fished from the bridge. We fashioned bows and arrows from willow, and only went home when called in for tea. Spatula Face Mackenzie was the first in our gang to die. He was only 62, and the cancer came quick. Old age seized us once more with its weary aches and routine confusions, but it couldn't take our dreams. Oh, what a world of unseen visions and heard silences, this insubstantial country of the mind. Julian Jaynes. Memory. Inaccurate at best, what is its purpose, then? A question from this Sufi, whose very practice, Zikra, invokes memory. In my limited understanding, it is the drawing forth and recognition of experience. At its height, shared experience, nurturing, divinity, essential cosmos, whispering, you are mine, grunting treasured meaning throughout this life. Add to this, sitting a living Shiva at the deathbed of the mother of a dear friend. I have no conclusions, only bits and pieces related to life, ever turning. 
he stood coat in hand. Shall we head out, while it's fine? She hovered, straightened the tea towel on the oven handle. What if they call? They'll call on your mobile. They always do these days. In the park they walked in step, not touching, not speaking, nodded at others, walking their dogs, taking their constitutional. Then her pocket vibrated. They stepped off the path as she pressed the phone to her ear. Yes? He saw her face and wrapped his arms around her while she listened. Passers-by passed by. The sun shone, the river ran. The couple stood very still. Blind, yes, but I could see you preying on the love of my life. I'd almost hear those secret waves and the crinkles of your smiling eyes as you undressed one another. The audible creaks of our neighbouring wooden boundary fence over which you'd lean to kiss our marriage goodbye. Your smell, Jean Patou's joy perfume, wafting in the breeze, sickened me to my depths. So now you have him, while I languish in a private hospital for the partially sighted. Expenses paid by your retirement pot. You are such a deserving target. Dead easy to scam. May the angels bow down for you and lay their feathers beneath your feet. so easy to kill him. He who was, in the end, responsible for all the misfortune, all of the mistakes, everything which had gone so wrong in his life was attributable to one person, and nobody else. 
He had seen off any chance of love or lasting friendship with his negativity and his anger, and there really was nobody else for him to blame. And now he stood at the cliff's edge, looking down at the waves breaking on the rocks far below. Yes, killing him would be a very easy thing. Just one step forward. It's a surprise to see him. He leans forward, a flaky finger caressing my cheek. I fight the urge to push him away. I'm not entirely sure why. It's always been you, he whispers. I wince. He thinks it's flattering, but it achieves the opposite effect, chilling me to the core. I edge away from his grasp and, like a child playing it, I continue to step away from my potential captor, hoping he won't notice what I'm up to. Don't walk away, he pleads. He's right. I won't walk. I'll damn well sprint. That bastard won't catch me again. Tied face down on the bed, wearing nothing other than his best stripy underpants, was not how Andy had envisaged his first gig with the murder mystery crew. He'd been a guest and did well, his sleuthing uncovering the murderer and their motive. He fancied himself as an actor. Now here he was, face down in the pillow as the hotel guests patrolled the scene. Two women started giggling. Look at his underpants! Stripy big pants, the other replied. Cheap dinner wine hysteria overtook them. Andy cringed, but said nothing, as it would be inappropriate for a corpse to show emotion. Meniscus bulging, bulb expanding, tail squeezing, belly swelling. Transparent, occasional silvery blue. A short lifespan, gravity will see to it. Cause and effect, its meaninglessness filled with profundity. Simplicity, elemental and pure. Inevitably, a separation into freefall, hurtling towards the void, form demolished, a disconnect reaching for nothing. Oblivion, the end point of the everlasting creation-destruction cycle. Energy conserved and transferred. The system greatly affected, ripples agitated vibrationally. No loved ones left behind. No genes passed on. No relationships. No memories. No guilt. No regrets. No angst. No trace. Just a fleeting confirmation to nature's laws. What is creation?
Maisie placed a large box before us. The contrast between miniature Maisie and the box heightened the mystery of its contents. We knew we shouldn't open it, so instead took turns in guessing what lay inside. Maisie claimed it was the key to a pantry stacked with indescribable fairy cakes. Patrick was certain it contained official documents and would say no more. I was convinced it held evidence to a grisly murder. And Poppy told us to stop being so bloody nosy. Just then, our stepfather appeared and deftly whisked the box away. So we'll never know. Disappointing or what? Living in the shadow of its own past experiences, this specimen existed in a dull series of ritual vignettes of cage pacing, defecation, feeding and pretending to be wild. The enclosure was a cleverly disguised two-storey apartment in the woods with post-punk sounds piped in to convince the inmate this was natural habitat. Its prey was no longer an elusive deer but someone downstairs with an obsession for red appliances. Strangely, this animal had never been captured, but entered the zoo freely, craving safety and the chance to perform for the privileged few permitted entry to the zoo on the hill. from the small crowd queuing for the cinema but out of the corner of his mind he became aware that all of them were looking at him staring at him in fact and not in a good way he kept his gaze straight ahead and could ignore them and walk on but in the end he had to look okay get ready steal yourself Look. Now. None of them were as much as glancing in his direction. This had to stop. It had been happening too often lately. He had to give up smoking that stuff. He was known as the captain. For over 40 years, he steered his hand-painted houseboat up and down the dark waters of the London Canal, 
always wearing his cap, its braided peak pulled low over his eyes. This was his favourite mooring, beneath tall brick warehouses and factories, now home to bankers and chefs. Dusk was falling, snowflakes dancing in the winter wind. He had finished splitting the firewood that would warm him on board tonight. The heart attack was sudden and brutal. He was dead before his axe hit the ground and the last log rolled slowly into the canal. Oyster spins and twirls, golden wrinkles and silvering curls, sifting through our rosy scenes, pressing flowers and folding wings, basing life on magazines, dyeing hair, applying creams, hanging out our blessings on our waistlines, feeling what others feel, heads down beetling on the hamster's wheel for three square meals. We fly our flags on ether's breeze. We wave our fists from on our knees, grinding our axes on our own dimes. Paste is paste. Pearls are pearls, forever craving what we don't hold and trading our silver for this fool's gold. Oyster spins and twirls and flowers fade and curl. What a momentous day! The dawning of a new age, 29th of March 2021. Let us give thanks by marking this day each year with joyous celebration. Dancing in the streets, song and laughter on our lips. We can meet friends for coffee and socially distanced elbow bumps. We can enjoy the great outdoors with members of our family who will have aged dramatically since last we met. Run up the flags. Let there be praise to whomever God rocks your boat. But not just yet, eh? I'm pulling the covers over my head. Let's enjoy the peace a little longer. I returned home from school and there were my parents in the kitchen. We've got you a new bed, my mother said, sounding pleased with herself. You need a bigger one now. I went upstairs to my room and there was the new bed, except it was not brand new. It looked like Great Aunt Marley's bed, the one they had found her dead in a few weeks ago. Is that her bed? Didn't she die in that? I asked nervously. Oh yes, said my mum, but don't worry. We turned the mattress over and have given you new sheets.
I noticed two identical globes of planet Earth on her windowsill, each slowly rotating around its golden axis. In synchronicity. Powered by the sun, she'd told me. A chain of black wooden beads rested in a perfect oval against her white cassock chest. She fiddled with one of them before placing her hands, palms open, on the armrests of her leather chair. I looked at the tall glass of water on the circular table next to me. Pure, clean. Our eyes met. I don't like compliments, she said softly, as I was about to thank her for her time.
been listening to 100 Word Onions, written exclusively for Cone Radio. If you want to grow an onion and give it to us, just get in touch, either with Colm Radio or via the Bill's Big Bang of Onions Facebook page. Remember, these microfictions must be exactly 100 words long, not including the title. So join us again soon on a Tuesday or a Sunday evening on the radio or at any time through our podcast for the next edition of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Bill's Big Bag of Onions is a guppy production for Cone Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience.